0: In the first two episodes, we talked about the economics design of a video game and what we can learn from viruses that's applicable to economics design. Before we dive deeper into other episodes and topics, I really want to talk about what token economics entails and what we're really talking about here. I don't think there's enough understanding of what token economics is about or what tokens are about. It's more than just pricing tokens. It's, there's a lot more things it's encompassing. So there is a wide range of taxonomy where we talk about this topic. You have token economics, tokenomics, token engineering, and the economics of token engineering. They are similar yet different in their own ways. And ultimately, the economics of token engineering is a multidisciplinary subject. Today, I'll be sharing three things. 1. What interdisciplinary subjects token economics entail? 2. Why token economics is so fun and will change the world? and three what does the what does the future of token economics look like and how near are we from that reality so part one multidisciplinary subject the most exciting part of economics is that it's multidisciplinary it includes basic fundamentals of economics like demand supply and opportunity cost so the first subject economics in the most fundamental starting point Token economics is about managing the supply and demand of tokens while considering the opportunity cost of doing so. Demand can always be created. As the designer of the ecosystem and token, it is important to think of the use cases and the value add that the token can bring. This defines the demand of the tokens. The more use cases and value add it brings to the users, the more sustainable the demand is. With supply, there are a few ways to play with it. You can look at fixed supply, increasing supply, decreasing supply, or a dynamic supply. There's no fixed specific playbook to how supply works. It really varies according to your use case. Now, opportunity opportunity cost is the last aspect of element uh, last aspect. Now, opportunity cost is the last aspect of economics that plays a big role. Let's say you have 15 minutes. You can choose to either watch an episode of Tiger King or hit the gym with your personal trainer. You can't do both at the same time. So you have to choose the option that makes you the happiest. Since there's this social distancing thing going on, you're probably going to want to watch Tiger King and understand the memes online. That's opportunity cost, the inherent cost of giving something up when you choose another. Tokens exist primary market and the secondary market. So a user can either use the token in the primary market directly in the ecosystem, or the user can take the token out and sell it off to someone else in the secondary market. Your goal as a designer should be to make it more worth it to use the tokens in the primary market. That means to develop more real use cases and make it expensive to sell in the secondary market. When I speak of expensive, I don't mean economical, I mean economical cost expensive and not financial cost expensive. For example, your use case of the primary market is so good that people are not willing to sell the excess in the secondary market. For instance, your primary your use case in the primary market is to gain access to the latest stem cell research for medicinal purposes. And you don't want to sell it to the secondary market because it's, very, it's economically expensive. Because if you need the medication for whatever reason, it's costly, to, it's costly in terms of time and effort to get access to the medication. You can only get the medication through the token. So you want to make it costly for people to sell it in the said green market. The second subject, corporate governance. One of the topics of discussion in the financial markets is to find the optimal corporate governance mechanism for the company. I know everyone is really tired of hearing about Adam Newman and WeWork, but one of the reasons they went south was because of the strange corporate governance structure. The voting power, which is how decisions are made within the company, is disproportionately given to founders like Adam Newman and his wife, instead of allocating it proportionally to people owning WeWork stocks. Do you see why that is bad? With less equity stocks, the founder has less skin in the game. In that scenario, how is he giving more voting power with how is he given more voting power with less skin in the game? His decisions could adversely affect the equity holders while benefiting him. Another case for the call of proper corporate governance is in ETFs, exchange traded funds. Basically, a bunch of companies own plenty of voting rights in, the, in mostly public-traded companies. These companies rarely use their voting rights, and that's a problem as well. We call it voters' apathy. So with that in mind, a few issues corporate governance hope to resolve includes voting, power distribution, and the level of centralization needed. If this is still a huge topic of discussion in today, and a huge research topic in the academic space, things would be a hundred times more challenging when the level of decentralization increases. In the token ecosystem, there are a few things to consider as well, from the type of voting mechanism to the distribution of power and the level of authorities needed, like think of different stages, you have managers, directors, board of directors, and the level of centralization required for decisions to be made fairly. The third subject, governing policies. What about governing policies? When I talk about governing policies, I'm speaking more from the perspective of a country's governance perspective. Corporate governance, which was subject number two, was from a firm's perspective. It is not easy to govern a country, unless perhaps, you know, you're a dictator and you run the best career in the world. You have to prepare for crises like a global pandemic and financial crisis. How do you determine how much money should be given to each sector and each industry? How do you bargain during trade wars and what industries should you protect? How do you use tax revenues collected to build infrastructure, build up banks or give them directly to your citizens? Governing policies exist to try and stabilize an economy. It also acts as a barrier to prevent bad things from happening like a shutdown in the economy. In a token economic sense, It means, how do you allocate surplus? It could be token surplus, new tokens minted, product surplus, or transaction fee surplus. How do you determine the right balance of transaction fees? How do you distribute and share earnings with the participants? And do you prioritize active users, verifiers, investors, or do you treat everyone equally? And how do you resolve things when issues arise? These are all very important questions To consider and to define them in the economics when of the ecosystem that the token exists in the fourth subject complex dynamic evolution now here comes the fun part complex dynamic evolution last week we talked about the evolution of rna viruses and how it is part of the the life cycle of a virus to constantly undergo change is a natural process even when an ecosystem is not on a digital and virtual world, it will undergo evolution. That could be from a change in user type, preferences of miners and validators, or just suggestions to improve the fundamentals of the ecosystem. These will cause the ecosystem to change and evolve. Going back to the governing policies and economics, this would, be, this would have to change as the, economic, uh, as the ecosystem evolves. This means governing policies have to be flexible enough to adapt to the changing needs of the ecosystem and the user base. So that means some level of governance or governing policies can be hard-coded, but ideally less hard-code is best because you have to change them constantly as the ecosystem evolves. And the fifth subject, behavioral economics. At the end of the day, economics is a social science. It's not a hard science. And that's why there is a shift towards softer sciences like behavioural economics. It is dependent on people and their behaviours, hence we cannot fully model everything to perfection. However, we can increase the probability of people's behaviours in specific, in specific ways like marketing and advertising. Block Science has developed cad which is computer-aided design, so that businesses can model and predict the behaviours of people, hence the ecosystem. Behavioural economics is also part of human psychology, to understand why people do what they do. And by understanding that, we can reduce the uncertainty of people's behaviour. In the token ecosystem, that means developing the various incentive mechanisms to encourage certain behaviour. It is a mix of UI design and psychology. Building a game on blockchain, the goal is not to... Promote blockchain as the main marketing tool. The goal is to make queuing at a crowded branch place too short because users want to continue playing. Encouraging more trade on your DeFi platform. It's not about giving all the, the the various derivatives options possible. What you want to do is to make it easy to use and to connect with updates so you can encourage users to come back to open the app more often. There are a lot more subjects and disciplines that token economics focuses on, like law and regulations and a lot of other things. But I just want to highlight five, five um, disciplines, and that's more than enough for you to dive deep into any one of them, to have a better understanding of what token economics um, involves. So let's move on to part two. What makes token economics fun? The first answer is it's a closed loop system. Why is it easier to manage a zoo than an open safari? A zoo has more constraints like enclosures and areas for specific animals. In a safari, anything goes. Lions can jump on on your safari jeep, or lions can eat humans, because some genius decided that taking a selfie with a wild lion is a good idea. In the digital space, we call it a closed loop system. Things are constrained within specific parameters. The fun part is that we get to define and design these parameters. The fun part is also to engineer and reduce the externalities with good design. In an open loop, there is no capacity for feedback. The level of complexity is also limited to engineer. For example, going back to the example of um, the open safari, whatever happens happens. There is very little way to, or there is very very little capacity to get feedback for what happens in an open safari. It's just wild and it's just open. Anything happens. With a closed loop system like a zoo it's possible to constantly redefine the system through state feedback so that that will be you realize that this specific enclosure layout it's not well designed for tigers, so you change them to to get to get make sure that it's more adapted to the natural habitat of tigers. It can also be engineered to achieve desired behaviors so if you want tigers to be running around more often then you you'll be hanging the the meat. In weird places where they have to be jumping around and look for the meat instead of just feeding them. So that's the difference between an open loop and closed loop. Something that's also quite important to remember is that a token in this ecos- a token in the system is used to derive, is is also something to re- remember is that a token in this system is used to drive participants towards a shared objective within the ecosystem and not to gain value in the secondary market. The second reason why token economics is fun is that new is always better. The old classical management is not enough, as seen in issues with corporate governance, governing policies, black black swan events like global pandemic. And now we have a chance to build the ecosystems from scratch. It is not just about how to value your token, it now includes economics, complex theory, mathematics, psychology, law, engineering, biology, physics tokens are just a representative of value that can be divided into infinitely small figures. But the economic system that the tokens exist in is so much more complicated. This is also where we could probably give democracy another chance. Did you know that Plato hated democracy? But with proper, with proper voting mechanisms and systems, perhaps democracy could be, a, could be different in the digital virtual world. Voting can be delegated to people with better information. Voting can be adjusted with time through continuous voting, or we could simply allocate votes instead of one person, one vote. Lastly, it gives us a new way to govern the commons. Commons are common goods that we all share, like air, water, space. In the digital world, we have things like bandwidth that we have to share. So how then do we prioritise the bandwidth for your data versus my data? What can we do to design fair bandwidth allocation? And who determines which data is more important? And that's, these are very important topics and considerations when also designing, designing the tech aspects, because it's not just about the economics aspect, it's also about the, the physical or the hardware that en- enables or the resources that enables all these transactions to flow. And this, lastly, the future of token economics. As we move from information-based economy to knowledge-based economy, people need to, both special, people need to become both specialists and generalists. So information-based economy is more of hard skills like memorizing facts, being able to do things with labor, to use labor in exchange for, for um, capital whereas knowledge-based economy is a lot of a lot more soft skills like application of facts, managing people, communication, things that uses your intrinsic capital in exchange for capital. And I foresee multidisciplinary subjects to be the main shift in universities with time to come. In the future, token economics and token engineering will be the domain programs in multidisciplinary with a multidisciplinary focus. The world is simply getting more complex. And so are humans and the systems we create. Token economics will be more than just economics, but includes biology, complex systems, law, regulation, policies, governance, finance, physics, math. It's going to be really, really fun. And I hope this allows people to start diving into all their different passions and topics and things they're interested in, and try to bring them together to create the right kind of ecosystem, and right kind of balance that requires all sorts of information and knowledge. However, do bear in mind that token economics and token engineering are not the same thing. How I see the difference is that economics looks at what to optimize and the analysis of outcomes. Engineering looks at the how to optimize, which is more focused on mathematics and models. Talking about models, everyone keeps asking me, what about models? Do we have a, can we create a model and do we have models available? We're not exactly there yet, but we're inching closer every day. In general, I think there's a standard framework for the economic side. For example, what are the general factors or variables that I have to consider to decide what to optimize and what should I analyze? But the application of these factors and variables require deep, uh, the application requires deep specialized knowledge to the specific objectives of the ecosystem and the types of participants in the network, which constantly changes, remember. The engineering part looks at Um, the foundational principles that we see today, but the application, once again, requires deep specialized knowledge. I think we will continue to base economics and engineering foundations on basic principles, or first principles. And the basic foundational principles can be applied across all industries and projects. How I see what is working right now is to test out all these fundamental principles, or first principles, in different projects and industries. And that's why we don't have a unified model yet We're all testing things and allowing time to show us the different results. Then we can collect these results and data to start building real models. So looking at how we're entering a more data-centric world, we can engineer designs to serve the outcomes that we want. I believe token engineering and token economics will continue to gain increasing demand in this space. So how do you begin designing economic systems? First, start with economics. Second, apply engineering in complex systems. Third, analyze how ecosystems evolve from a micro perspective. That could be looking at, you know, from biology, from how viruses evolve, from how DNA changes, how homo sapiens have been, have been changing throughout the years. And lastly, to understand why governing policies fail from a macro perspective. So this could be stuff like reading why nations fail, looking at more macroeconomic perspective, understanding how central bank works, understanding all the different governing policies of different countries. So before I end, I want to have three discussion takeaways worth pondering. Let me know what you think about them. They're usually, I try to make them more thought-provoking, and then we can have a lot of discussions. You can film your, your opinion, put them down in the comments, in YouTube, or um, Substack, or, or LinkedIn. It doesn't matter. Just write them down, ping me, and we can start discussing, because I would love to discuss these topics. So first discussion. I focus a lot on developing the complex systems on the assumption that the world is complicated. But what about the end user? Do you think humans are able to deal with the complexity that future the future brings? Are humans adaptive enough? I would say, you know, perhaps the, only the top 20% of humans are ready for this increasing com, increasingly complex world. But what about the rest of the 80%? Are they well equipped? They, do they have the luxury to... To have all the resources to adapt to this increasingly complicated and complex environment, and by designing by designing all of these stuff that I'm talking about, it just makes things a lot more complicated. Also, not just because there's a lot more things to consider, but things are also happening in a more instantaneous progress. So, are people well adapted enough to to do to you know for for our future? And what can we do to make sure that they're equipped with the right skill sets and knowledge? The second, you realize how powerful a designer of the ecosystem is. It is more than just the token itself, but the entire ecosystem that the token exists in. There's a trade-off between the objectives of the project. You either maximize profits for investors or you maximize social utility for everyone in the ecosystem. And as a designer, how do you balance both sides? To me, that's where I see, you know, sometimes with economics, there are moral limits because economics could only we could only Or it's a lot easier to to look at things from from perspectives that are tangible and measurable but there are a lot of social aspects or social repercussions that can't be measured and because they can't be measured it's very difficult to model them it's very difficult to estimate them and and that's where a lot of um ethical issues comes in so how do you balance that and lastly do you think that there would be a standardized model in token economics or because it's a social science everything else. So let me, I'm really keen to to listen to your discussion and listen to your opinions on these. And let me know what else you're interested to, to learn more about so I can put them in the future episodes to come. Till then, bye!